0: Wake up, sleepy heads It's body time yet! Yeah!
1: Good morning, everybody, or good afternoon, whatever it is for you. For me, it is morning. It is, matter of fact, 6.05 a.m. in the morning. And uh, I'm beginning to think that maybe the idea for this show, uh, maybe I didn't think far enough ahead because I am not a morning person. So for me to start trying to do a show first thing in the morning, and I just don't function well in the mornings, it might be a better idea to do it on the way back from work, but nonetheless, here we are, it's episode number two, and uh, we're going to have some fun here, so welcome, if this is your first time to the show, welcome to Under My Wheels, where basically I'm throwing together a podcast slash radio show while driving my car to work, matter of fact, you are now a passenger in the car that I like to call the unicorn and if you're not familiar with what that means, then uh, just check out the first episode. Episode? <laughs> yeah, told you I can't function in the morning. So go back and check out that first episode and uh, you'll hear all about the balloonicorn. But we'll have a lot of things going on in this show. We're going to have some uh, questions from fans, uh, which I do have quite a few questions, so we'll try to jump on those in a little bit. Some movie news, some TV news, and uh, we'll, we'll talk about a whole lot of music, a whole lot of everything. So Sky's the limit on this show. That's kind of what I like about it, and that's why I like doing this show. So being I just told you that I'm not a morning person, what's it with you guys? Are you people morning people? Are you more of a night owl? Uh, what do you do to wake up in the morning? I mean, I know coffee is always a big answer, but, you know, what's your routines? For me, I wake up as late as possible and, and just get on the road. Uh, again, I... I I'd rather, uh, I don't even know what kind of time person. I used to be a night owl. That's kind of changed, I think, with age. Uh, I'm just, I'm not a fan of mornings. I'm, I'm more of a, hey, leave me alone. Let me, you know, eat something and wake up and we'll talk later. So uh, what's it with you? What do you do every morning? What's your routine? If you want to send those to me an email, you can send them to undermywheelspod at gmail.com. We will talk about that. Or I can read it on the air that's kind of what this show is all about. So like I said, a lot to get through today, and uh, so we'll just jump right into it. The first thing I want to bring up, I was kind of looking through to gather my news for the show, and uh, the first thing I saw is they're going to be, uh, I've got t sorry, told you, not a morning version. I've got TV remake roundup that I want to start with here because uh, it's been announced that there's going to be a Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot. In the works, which Josh Whedon is involved with. He's not directing it, but uh, I believe he's going to be an executive producer. And the big news surrounding this, and I know all the Buffy fans are probably excited about it as far as the show being rebooted, but I think we're kind of making a bigger deal about another issue that, and I'm saying this as a, you can say it's because I'm a white person, I don't know, but they're going for a more diverse group of characters, and I have no problem with that. But I just think that we kind of make too big of a deal of this all the time. I don't think Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the original series, was a hit because it was just a bunch of white vampires. I think it's just the fact of you try to put the right people in the right roles and, and it works. Me, personally, I never really watched the show. But I find this interesting that, you know, we're, we're just in remake havoc right now. We, we just are remaking everything. So, you know, more power to them. I hope this works out. But at the same case, I think trying to toot the horn about diversity, you you know, whoopity-doo. Sometimes we feel like we just have to do this stuff, like we're winning some kind of cause. And again, I'm not trying to step on any toes. I I think it's a great idea, but I just don't see why we make such a big deal about it. I don't remember as a kid watching Sanford and Son and going, I don't like this show. It's only got one white person on it. It didn't matter. Either the show is good or is it not. It doesn't matter who's in it. And I'm saying these comments strictly as a viewer of a show. Um, you know, it didn't matter to me. When I watch Good Times, whoop Do. doo It didn't mean one thing to me that they were a family of black people. I was just watching a family that dealt with hard times. I related to that. I mean, so, there you go. It's that simple. And like I said, I don't want to get any kind of platforms on this show. I don't want to get into any kind of political soapboxing stuff. That stuff doesn't really matter to me, you know. So I wish them the best of luck. I hope it does well. Um, yeah, I have nothing against v- Buffy and the Vampire Slayer. Like I said, I never was really a fan, but I just found this kind of interesting because, again, it just seems like we're out of ideas. Moving into movie news, man. I mean, you got a lot of stuff coming out. But this one in particular, I just had to talk about it because it's just ridiculous. Um, (laughs) It's called House Shark. (laughs) So yeah, you thought it was going to be some kind of good movie, didn't you? Yeah, how wrong you were. So uh, yeah, I saw this uh, advertisement for a new movie coming out called House Shark. Just when you thought it was safe to make another shark movie, we're going to get some crap like this. I tell you folks. I'm I'm getting a little scared because we're on the verge of a Jaws remake because of all the crazy shark stuff that's coming out. We've got Shark frenzy right now. It's even Shark Week going on at this point. So I don't know, man, I'm kind of getting worried because these shark movies are just absolutely ridiculous. Are they fun? Sure. But I don't really need that to bleed over into a reason to make a new Jaws movie that that movie is near perfect. It doesn't need to be, you know, some kind of slapstick thing. But, anyways, let's talk about House Shark. And you have to hold on for just a second because I'm pulling off a big loop right here. That doesn't mean anything, you know, sexual. That's that's just driving down the road. Let me get around here and make sure I'm not running into any cars. Uh, don't do this at home, folks. Well, you can't really. You have to be in a car, I think. All right, let's talk about some House Shark. Here's the synopsis. A man finds his happy home under attack by a dangerous, large, unknown breed of shark. You think? I mean, it's in your house. That'd have to be a strange breed. He enlists the aid of the world's only house shark expert. Yeah. (laughs) And a grizzled, formed real estate agent to embark on a desperate quest to destroy the beast and claim back his life. It's jaws in a house. There you go, folks. That, that's exactly what we don't need. Jaws in a house, um, man. You you guys hear me talk about uh, stuff that I just don't care about that I think is just ridiculous on different podcasts, but you know I can't even bring myself to watch something like this because it's just too stupid. And I'm a stupid dude, man. I'll watch UHF by Weird Al Yankovic in a drop of a hat. But how Shark, probably not. But it sure makes it for, for some good conversation early in the morning. And we'll jump right into a new segment I like to call Trailer Park, where we just talk about upcoming trailers that have just been released for movies that are coming out in a theater near you soon. Uh, so several trailers have kind of dropped in the last couple of days. You've got the new trailer for Glass, uh, which I'm excited about. I loved Unbreakable. It really caught me off guard. Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to this one a lot. And uh, the new Godzilla trailer came out. It looks pretty wicked. Um, Yeah, I'm excited about that too, man. And we talked about that last episode about the different monsters. And you get a little more insight on that in this trailer. I think it looks great. And the new Shazam trailer has dropped. So here we go. You know, Marvel's trying to line things up. And from what I've seen of this trailer... It's uh, kind of taking it in a different direction, and that's a good thing, I, I believe. Um, I, I'm not happy with what's happening in the DC Universe as far as the movies, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit later as well. And on top of that, on top of the Shazam trailer that came out, you've also got the new Aquaman trailer that comes out. And the one thing that actually kind of got me excited while watching this was the fact that you're going to have the Black Mana into this, which is his arch enemy. I remember him from watching, you know, Legion of Doom back in the day on the Superman show. You know, it came on the mornings. The Super Friends. And, uh, yeah, man. Black Man. I, I, I don't know, man. I, could it work? Sure. I guess it could. But I still have a problem with it because even in this trailer, it's just so cgi looking, man. And I know that's just where we're at. But it almost felt as thin as, like... Star Wars Episode One, Two, and Three, where everything was so synthetic. That's my only problem with them with them doing this kind of stuff, and I and I felt the same way about the Justice League movie. There was just some some syntheticness to it that just made it seem a little cheap. So, all of these trailers I just talked about, you can go check them out right now. They're all on YouTube or wherever you're getting your movie news. Most of them will carry a link Or you can check these out. Uh, there's some pretty good-looking stuff. Um, should be a, a good a good uh, run of movies coming up pretty soon. So we're going to jump straight out of that and into uh, some questions that I was given. Uh, and again, if you have any questions or comments or even requests, which all of these are all in this segment right here. Uh, I've got a, quite a few to go through here. So uh, send all your questions and comments to under your wheels, under your wheels, under my wheels, not under your wheels, under my wheels pod at gmail.com So to kick things off I've got a a message from my buddy Jeremy Walkenfuss. Uh, I get to see him every year or every other year at Texas Frightmare. And he says Hey Ricky, I have a question for your show If you were the sole creator of the new Mount Rushmore of horror which faces would you include? Could be anything. Writers actors, directors, hosts you name it. Hope to see you soon Wow uh that's a difficult question. <laughs> Man, this early in the morning you're gonna make me think. Um A Mount Rushmore of horror. Well well my problem is is I mean, do you want something that just represents horror in general or certain genres of horror? That that's what makes it tough because I think I would do different things. Um If you were just going to do horror in general, you almost have to do the universal monsters. You know, Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, maybe Creature of the Black Lagoon, maybe Bride instead of Creature, I don't know. Uh, I think that would be cool. I think that kind of represents, even though those are the old classic standards, they kind of still represent everything that we watch now. Uh, Some body horror stuff, vampirism, you know, aquatic creatures, if you wanted to throw that in there. Yeah, I I think that kind of still represents overall what horror is. So that would be, I think, a good answer is just the universal monsters. Uh, If I was going to go a little deeper, you may do something like, you know, creators of horror, kind of leading towards the directors and stuff. Uh, You do like a Romero and Stephen King, maybe Carpenter, Wes Craven. Throw an oddball in there, Cronenberg, somebody like that. You know, that might be kind of cool. If I was doing a personal Mount Rushmore, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I'd probably mix it up pretty good. Something different. I would do uh, maybe the Tall Man from Phantasm. Bruce Campbell has to be on there. I mean, even though he's not horror, he's, you know, goes hand in hand with with the whole horror world. Uh, So Bruce Campbell maybe is Ash. Uh, And then I'd probably have Godzilla... And then maybe Bruce the Shark from Jaws. Uh, there you go. I mean, I think Jaws is just one of the best movies ever made. Uh, that kind of covers everything right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that'd be an odd-looking Mount Rushmore, wouldn't it? I still need another one, though. I need one more. Let's see. Uh, throw in uh, throw in Pumpkinhead for good measure. <laughs> that would be Mount Mount Rushmore. So there you go. The Tall Man, Ash from, from Evil Dead, Godzilla, Bruce, and Pumpkinhead. Sure, why not? Oh, and earlier with the, the West Craven and all that stuff, go ahead and put Elvira in there with them. Even though she's not a creator, she's still that kind of icon that you appreciate in the same vein as you would the directors and stuff. So, yeah, throw her in there. Just, why not? This next question's from... Uh, try that again. This next question's from Mr. Venom, uh, a buddy of mine, another podcaster. And uh, he sends one and says, Hey, Rick, seeing as Under My Wheels is sort of a nostalgic, nostalgia podcast, I was wondering what piece of art brings you the most nostalgic feeling. It could be a TV show, a movie, a song, an album, even a Christmas or Halloween special. Basically, I want to know what brings you the strongest sense of nostalgia, warm and fuzzies. Thanks. Wow. You know, I was expecting, like, easy questions. (laughs) You know, hey, what's your favorite color? Do you like, you know, eggplant? Stuff like that. You guys are making me think way too hard this morning. Okay, warm and fuzzies. What's the things that I associate closely to uh, nostalgia for me? Well, first, first and foremost, I have to say the Superman movie. Superman the movie, you know, Christopher Reeve. And I guess it's just because that was my first movie experience where I was just totally wrapped up in the story of a movie. I think before that I was too young. I was, you know, this is... I was eight years old when the first Superman movie came out, I think. So, it just really drew me in, whereas before you just kind of waited for the highlight points, you know you go watch Infra Man and you just want to see the fight scenes and the rest of it, you don't even care there's a story going on, you're a kid, right? So, uh, yeah man that movie is, is just, it always takes me back, every time I watch it, I'm a little kid watching this movie again and it still blows me away, I still love it um, I would even say that watching the old Little Rascals shows, you know, not the movie the actual TV shows that came on Or the reels, I guess, that they used to show in theaters. Man, I I still love those. There's there's such a charm to those. And it's those shows that were on every day when when you were home after school. Or if you were sick and you were just stuck in the bed. You know, these things would be on pretty much all day long. I still love them. I think they're a ton of fun. One thing in particular, and this is just kind of a memory more than anything else, but... Every time I hear either Kiss Destroyer or Queen News of the World, (laughs) it takes me back to third grade, and the reason being is we had show and tell, and all the kids would bring stuff for show and tell, and, you know, other kids would bring their, like, Peter Pan records or, you know, Disney albums and stuff. Well, one day I brought in Kiss News of the World, I mean, uh, Kiss Destroyer and Queen News of the World, which... You know, if you know the covers of those, they're you know they're pretty much just visions of destruction. Kiss destroyer, they're they're on top of that cliff or whatever it is, with the cities burning behind them. <laughs> and then News of the World, you get the big giant robot holding the band queen in his hand, and it's jabbed its finger through Freddie Mercury. You know, <laughs> so taking these albums to third grade, I think shook some people up. And plus, you know, you start, you know, you got to actually play those on those little bitty record players they had in school back then that were real crappy. Had the one speaker in it, you know. Um, So, yeah, getting to play those. I mean, we didn't play the whole albums, but you just play a song or two off of it. And I think the other kids were just absolutely devastated from this stuff. And uh, I kind of like being that person, right? Dragging you into, into the scary side of things, especially for a third grader. So, yeah, man, when I hear those albums, I'm right back there just watching the expressions on these kids' faces. You know, uh, that was an amazing time. (laughs) And another one that I can think of off the top of my head is the original Bad News Bears movie. Uh, Sorry, folks, I'm... Hold on, I'm behind somebody that's doing way slower than the speed limit here. Come on, buddy. So, yeah, um... The Bad News Bears movie. I, I love that. I think it's that thing of, it's a movie with kids in it. And not only kids, but, you know, I did not even know that these would be kids you'd want to hang out with. They were pretty rough around the edges. I still love that movie. Uh, I think it captures that time period really well. I mean, these were the kids of that time. So, uh, yeah, these are the kids I did kind of go to school with. They didn't, you know, try to beat up the whole seventh grade. <laughs> Like uh, like the one kid did in the movie, but still, you know, and then Kelly Leake. Yeah, you can you can see the influences there. So, yeah, I mean, I still love the Bad News Bears movie. All right, next question from Brett Collins, my buddy Brett. And it says, uh, to make the ultimate Justice League movie, who would you cast in the roles of Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Flash, etc., living or dead? This would be your dream cast. Wow. Again, really? These are the <laughs> these are the questions I'm getting. Wow, uh, too much thinking. Come on, get off the road. I'm still behind that same vehicle. They're they're deciding they're going to turn. They're going around the world to the left. They've had their blinker on the whole time. Here we go. Thank you. Finally, off the road. Okay, my own Justice League. Uh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, again, it's weird that the Superman movie is my favorite movie of all time because I'm really not a huge superhero person. I mean, I grew up reading comics and stuff back in the day. As a kid, Batman was the dude because she had a TV show. You used to get the comics and stuff. Then I kind of, you know, moved to Spider-Man. And the whole time my dad would always say, Superman's the best. Superman can beat them all. But... You know, it's that thing again of, you know, I like the bad... I like the... that the bad guy. I like the heroes that wore a mask. You know, again, not being yourself. So, uh, Superman just seemed a little too plain. But you know what? He was right. <laughs> Superman's the best. Um, but as far as the movie? I don't know. It'd be a mixed bag. Again, I don't really... Don't really care. They either work or they don't. Um, as far as Batman goes... It would seem that Michael Keaton would be the choice. But I don't know, man. I really like I really like what they've done with Ben Affleck here lately. Even though I'm not crazy about the movies that he's been in, I think he fits that role really well. Now, I haven't seen him as enough enough as, you know, Bruce Wayne, you know, enough to make that kind of decision. But as far as being in the suit and being Batman, which is all you really need for a Justice League movie, I don't know, man. I like the way he looks. I think I think they've kind of done that right. As far as Superman, it's got to be Christopher Reeve. I mean, there's no question about that. He is my Superman. I don't care who else they put in the suit, how good the effects get. He's still my Superman. As far as Wonder Woman, I'm happy with the one we got right now, man. You would think I'd say Linda Carter, but, you know, that's a TV Wonder Woman. You couldn't take... I don't think you could take Linda Carter and put her in the style of Wonder Woman outfit and the effects and stuff now and it and it work. She was perfect for what they did for T V and she's still my Wonder Woman, without a doubt. But I really like what they've done, you know, with with Gal. I think she's done a a fantastic job. So I would leave her in there. (laughs) Here's where it gets a little crazy. Because to me, Aquaman and The Flash don't really matter. It doesn't matter kinda who you put there because you don't know we, it's it's those characters that have always been kind of wanky. Uh, do I like the characters? Sure, sure I do. But are they standalone figures that I'd actually like, like an Aquaman movie coming out? Yeah, I'm not really in a rush to go see it. Them bringing out the Black Manta that's that's great, but it still doesn't make me go, "Ooh, I gotta see that." <laughs> so uh, here's so here's my crazy take on this. Now this is taking somebody from not necessarily the past, but in the, you know, in the 80s. I, for for Aquaman, I'd have Sam Jones. You know who Sam Jones is? Yes, that's right. Flash Gordon. Think of it. You know, there's a scene in there where he's in those black leather shorts <laughs> in Flash Gordon. He's got the blonde locks, you know. I don't know. He could work as, as, as Aquaman. Uh, it's funny. I was asking my wife about this, and <laughs> she said Justin Timberlake would be a great Aquaman. She said because that crazy curly hairdo that he had. Just getting all soaked up. Just like a big sponge on top of his head. I thought that was pretty comical. So yeah, I'd have Sam Jones as Aquaman. And for The Flash, I would have Sam Jones <laughs> as The Flash. Because he was already Flash Gordon. Why not? Throw a mask on him. Make him run real fast. And uh, I don't know. Try to save the universe again. Again. I, those characters I really don't care who plays them. They're wearing a mask. Well, the Flash is kind of wearing a mask and just running around real fast. Either they can act or they can't. I don't know that you can say, oh, he nailed that character. And, you know, I didn't read the comic enough to know what the character really needs to be. Um, I do know they had that 90s version that came on TV, and I thought that looked really good as far as the, the costume and stuff. I'm not crazy about the costume that they used in the Justice League movie. Um yeah maybe that'll get better as we go along who knows we'll see so that's my thoughts on Brett's question that's whew, that's way too much for me to think of this morning alright the next question is from Damien Riley uh, a fella that I just joined on his show a few weeks ago a uh, fantastic fella and he says what set of 80s tunes stay in heavy rotation could be three could be 10 what makes them special to you oh man Obviously, Damien doesn't know my '80s superpowers. Um, man, I'm just I'm just an '80s nut as far as music goes. It's not a particular group of songs. Um, let's put it this way: I have a 60 gig iPod that I carry in my car, and it's 99 percent '80s. If that gives you any indication of what kind of '80s I like, um, I, I don't know, man. There, there's a certain genre of, of each style of 80s stuff that takes you back to that time you know you always talk about you hear that certain song and it's the nostalgia thing taking you back well man the, these songs are full of it if i'm going more on the hard rock side it's going to be you know maiden twisted sister judas priest uh the kiss stuff you know there's that kind of group of stuff then there's your 80s pop stuff that i absolutely love too you know <laughs> thompson twins uh, the tubes um, all that stuff from that time period. I, I love Rick Springfield, man. I, some great songs that he put out. So I don't know, man. I'm, I'm all over the place with 80s stuff. and um, But as far as like, if there's a group of songs that come on I never get tired of, um, anything off the first minute work album, uh, business as usual, um, uh, except maybe Land Down Under. I'm not a I'm not a fan of Land Down Under. I think it's just a case of you've heard it way too many times. Because there's much better songs on that album. They just never got the airplay that that one did. I guess because that one was just odd enough. But uh, man, I love so much stuff from that time period. Uh, the early days of MTV. The just the the craziness of like Haircut 100. Uh, Man, just a ton of stuff. Flock of Seagulls, all that stuff that came out of that time period. The, the Vapors, Turning Japanese. Matter of fact, that's what we'll do today. This For, for our 80s song of the day, we're going to play Turning Japanese by The Vapors. Now this song is known for, uh, controversially about what the content of the song is actually about. Um, if you don't know what that is, I'm not going to tell you here on the air. You can Google it, figure it out yourselves. But anyways, this is a good way to wake up in the morning. Here you go, folks. Crank it up. Here's the Vapors with Turning Japanese.
2: I got your picture. You, you wrote I love you, I wrote me too I see the stare at it, there's nothing else to do Oh, it's in colour, your hair is brown Your eyes are hazel, and sometimes just I often kiss you when there's no one else around I got your picture, I'd like a million of you all around myself I want a doctor to take a picture so I can look at you from inside as well He kept me turning up and turning down, I'm turning in, I'm turning right, I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so Japanese, I think I'm totally Japanese, I really think so I've got your picture, I've got your picture I'd like a million of them around myself I want the doctor to take a picture So I can look at you from inside as well I've been turning up, I'm turning down, I'm turning in, I'm turning red, I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so i turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so I'm turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese, I really think so No sex, no drugs, no wine, no women, no fun, no sin, no Everyone around me is a total stranger. Everyone avoids me like a cyclone ranger. Everyone, that's why I'm turning Japanese. I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so. Turning Japanese, I think I'm turning Japanese. I really think so.
1: yeah, man, song is still so much fun. Love that tune, man. It just, I've always loved it. I love the punkiness of it. Uh, The video was, to me, just very, very eye-catching at the time. Just love it, man. That's that's the 80s in a nutshell. Alright, moving on to the next question. This is from my buddy Derek Boucher, which... Maybe I got his name right on the end. Most people mess it up. I'm sure I did, too. And that's why he sends a a note that says, Hey, Rick, Derek B. here. Say that way, you know, you don't have to say his name and mess it up in front of everybody. Here from Cinema Attack and Underwater Kaiju. So, yeah, he's on several, several podcasts. Good buddy of mine. Um, Being since that Under My Wheels is a podcast from the road and your journey home... Do you have any favorite films that take place on the road? It says, could be horror or non? Question mark. Oh, yeah, man. Well, the first thing that comes to mind for me is the Blues Brothers. (laughs) I think the Blues Brothers is just one of the best movies ever. It's so much fun. Um, It's not the first road movie. There's a ton before it. But that one's probably my favorite. Uh, Smokey and the Bandit comes to mind, too. You can't go wrong with the original Smokey and the Bandit. Even the edited-for-TV version where they took all the cussing out, and you get Jackie Gleason going, I'm going to get you, you scum bum. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's two great road movies. Let's see what else can I think of here. Um, uh, let's see. Well, you can, go, you can go on with the Burt Reynolds stuff. Maybe Cannonball Run. Uh, one that I can think of, I guess you could classify this as a road movie. Um came out in 1940 it's a it's a john ford movie called uh, grapes of wrath it's got uh, henry fonda in it it's uh you know about the the depression going on and and the dust bowl with you know with what was going on in oklahoma at the time and they leave there to try to make their lives better and it gets real catastrophic it's it's a classic classic film um that one really hit me man it's that's a it's a tough movie it's a good one uh, planes, Trains, Automobiles. That's another fun one. Raising Arizona. And I don't know if this is this actually works for the kind of scenario you're talking about with the road movie. But it's a throwback movie to the old, what they called road movies with Bing Crosby and Bob Hope. And that's uh, Spies Like Us. Chevy Chase, Dan Aykroyd. I can watch that any day, anytime. It's ridiculous. I love it. When Chevy Chase goes in to take the test to become a spy. (laughs) And he's, you know, got the the fake cast on his arm and all this stuff so he can hide notes because he didn't study. I I just, I love it. I love that movie. so much fun. So, it's kind of a road movie, but they're not just technically just driving down the road. So there you go. That's my answers for that one. And Derek also has a song request here. It says... Uh, as a song Chris, can you play "Roadrunner" by Modern Lovers? You know it, dude. Man, we're this is taking us back to the early '70s. That's right. So here you go, another song to crank up and drive your heart out with. Here's "Roadrunner" by Modern Lovers.
3: One, two, three, four, five, six.
1: Up there, man. That's good. I, I think they were kind of ahead of their time because that actually sounds more like an '80s tune. I'm talking, this is this is early '70s here with these guys. So uh, you may want to check out some more of their stuff. I mean, they they were pretty unique for the time. I've got one more question here from my buddy Dean Martin, and he says, "Hey, man, I'm loving the idea of the show. When anybody talks about horror, I'm in. So yeah, he knows me from more of the horror world of stuff." I'd like to request a song. Could you please play Take It Off by Kiss? Well, you know it, man. Of course I will. At the drop of a hat, here we go. One more, crank her up, man. Here's Take It Off by Kiss. some kiss man that's actually 90s kiss for you there so a little later on but hey not a problem at all Um, I want to talk about uh, I've got a quick little movie review I guess you'd say that I wanted to throw in here because every day when I'm driving I'm crossing the Tennessee line and going into Kentucky so I'm driving to Kentucky every day and being being so it just made me think of a movie that I absolutely just love and that is the Kentucky Fried Movie came out in 1977. It's John Landis directed it. And it's the Zucker Brothers. This is the Zucker Brothers before they did, you know, Airplane and Naked Gun all that stuff. So it's their first movie. Actually, it was a small group that went around and did a live stage show at colleges. And uh, the idea came about to actually make a movie based off these skits they were doing. And that's the Kentucky Fried movie. Uh, to give you kind of a synopsis, I'll kind of give you what IMBD said about it. It said it's a mad cow spoof. A collection of comedy skits including a kung-fu parody a fistful of yen, and Catholic high school girls in trouble <laughs> uh, enjoy the future of movie going with feel around theater experience let's see you see a notable and highly hold on I'm having to drive here <laughs> see a notable and highly respected actor as the clumsiest waiter in motion picture history watch uh, such characters as Cleopatra Schwartz and Big Jim Slade sl- uh, tickle your <laughs> t- sorry tickle your funny bone until it has to be surgically removed. Yeah, I was actually in a band called Big Jim Slade. Actually, they're still going. Uh, and they're out of Kentucky ironically. And uh, yeah, this movie's a huge influence. I actually, you know, uh, you know, brought that name of the group up to the band and they went for it. So, yeah, man, Big Jim Slade, the characters in the middle of the movie if you haven't seen Kentucky Fried Movie and you like comedy, this is a must-watch. I mean, it's super 70s. Uh, the Fistful of Yen parody that they talked about in the in the IMBD is actually a, a ripoff off of uh, Enter the Dragon. So they're making fun of the whole Bruce Lee movie. It's just, again, if you like Naked Gun, Airplane, it's that kind of humor. Just a little seedier, a little more gritty. Um, seeing the movie and feel around, you basically sit down in the theater and a, a worker stands behind you in the theater and they start doing whatever happens in the movie, they start doing to you. So, uh, man, it just gets crazy. Uh, tons of great characters. There's even commercials between some of the skits to make it feel like you're just watching a TV station or whatever. Um, It was pretty groundbreaking for the time. You see a lot of movies rip it off now when they're doing the comedy stuff. And I'm sorry, when it comes down to it, if it's not the Zucker Brothers doing this kind of humor, it's just not that funny, man. I mean, you know, they tried it with the hot shots and all that stuff, and they are just not as funny as the Zucker Brothers. So, uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend this movie. And I know this movie backwards and forwards. Uh, Claude Lamont uh, a <laughs> character that's on there He says, welcome Claude Lamont uh, He's supposed to be like a Jacques Cousteau type character And uh, it says, Jacques, it's good for you to be here It's a pleasure to be here I lives the unknown, I love the unknown I am the unknown uh, Where are you living now, Claude? Uh, that is unknown, I, I don't know So there you go, I mean it's just craziness uh, Absolutely love it uh, Quite a bit of nudity Like I said, it's just, it's all over the place. Um, You need to check it out. I think it's hilarious. All right, everybody, that was a ton of fun. Hey, that's going to wrap us up for another episode here from the Bloonicorn. Don't forget, be checking for these episodes. I just put up a new Facebook page, so you're welcome to come over there, like the page. You may want to bookmark it or whatever, because when these episodes drop, that's mainly where you're going to see the links for these uh, I'm not going to spread these out every time an episode comes out because if I go to every group and announce it every time, that's going to get pretty annoying. So just be on the lookout and remember that, you know, hopefully if I can make this work, it's going to be every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You'll be able to find a link to these shows on the Facebook page. So check us out there. I'm still in the works of getting the the Twitter and, and the Instagram stuff kind of set up for this. And, uh, it, you know, it's it, it's a task to, to start a new show and get everything set up, especially when you're just doing it all by yourself. But uh, we'll get it all set up. But for now, you've got the Facebook page. You've got the Gmail address, which, again, is undermywheelspod at gmail.com. So, yeah, I'd love to hear more requests, more questions you got. And uh, this is really – I'm really enjoying this. I mean, it's, it's taking my mind off of the, the senseless driving I'm doing every day. And, uh, I appreciate you guys listening. So, till next time, folks, keep her between the lines.